I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is my house of dolls. Dolls were originally vessels for the dead. My nine-year-old daughter, she walked in her room and saw a little girl playing in her closet. She just wants something bad to happen. Ghosts can't harm you. Only the living can. I feel like I'm just out of my league with this one. The living people can hear the dead people talking. Like, no, no. I'd like some answers. You need to leave because it's not safe. Why isn't it safe? Because so many people died around here. My name? is Amy Allen. There's something down there. I see dead people. He doesn't want me back there. I speak to dead people. She's pissed. And they speak to me. She doesn't like the people who live here. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. Someone did hang themselves here. Where? There. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve DeShave. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. Did you want to kill him? And I know every person, every house, has secrets. She did die in this house. It's my job to reveal. Would you be surprised if there were bodies in the basement? No. But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. Not good. When we uncover, if it's safe for you to stay, will it get worse? Or time to get out? Oh, yes. dig into the history of a location. He'll talk to the people involved. He'll gather all the facts so that later when we come together, we can see if our research has drawn any significant conclusions. 
down in Cramington, North Carolina, which is just outside of Charlotte. Cramington used to be the location of the country's largest cotton mill. This is classic America. I got a call from a couple named Lisa and John. They have a nine-year-old daughter who's been seeing apparitions and hearing noises. They're obviously concerned. So Amy and I are down here to see if we can find out anything to help them out. Matt will come in and do what we call a cleaning of the location. So he'll remove anything like personal family photos, artwork, names, any type of leading information so that I won't lose my focus during the investigation. Whoa, somebody pushed me. My head, man. What happened? I don't know, maybe somebody got hit in the back of the head. Really, 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 really hard. Like, eh, I got hit. I'm on the ground now. Lisa. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good. Come on in. Thank you. This is my house of dolls. over 2,000 dolls. Here? Here, yes. In the house? Yeah, yeah you, they're, they're everywhere. Just every place you can find to fit a doll, there is one. Yeah, I mostly keep and collect dolls. My, my dolls go back to over 100 years old. I gotta be honest with you, I'm a little creeped out. This, this doesn't bother anybody else? Nobody in the house, it bothers. Um, I've had people that, would, that we hire to do work for us come in and not want to come in and work. Yeah, yeah I can and, see. You know, if, you have, if I have five or six dolls, I could put them away. I'm not putting away a hundred so he can work on my house. We'll just have to get somebody else that's not creeped out by eyes looking at him. Lisa, besides yourself, who else lives in the house? My husband, Johnny. Okay. And my nine-year-old daughter, Salem, and me. All right, so why don't you uh, tell me what's going on? Well, Salem has been coming and telling us about people sitting on her bed and talking to her since we moved in. She would say, oh, you know, the lady was on my bed last night. You know, the lady talked to me last night. And um, just recently, about a month ago, she walked in her room and saw a little girl playing in her closet. She said the little girl was messing in her clothes. Do you think she's getting that from you guys, or is it something that she just picked up on her own? Well, she brings home books from the library on World War II and yellow fever epidemics, and she's very interested in war and death. Really? And I got a really 
really, you know, stop her on some of the things she's interested in. I'm like, no, that's all you can see of this. And it's just, I don't know, kind of weird. All right. are creepy. Dolls are creepy. My goodness. Oh my. My, my goodness. Dolls were originally vessels for the dead, like to, so that the dead could be within the dolls because the dolls are hollow shells. Yeah, they were vessels made for the dead. And the dead are talking about being trapped. They want to leave. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. My, my, my goodness. I have never seen this many dolls in my life. In some cultures, dolls were created as vessels or resting places for the human soul. Problem is, 
They can also attract souls that haven't moved on yet. This is Salem's room. This is where she sleeps. And uh, she's going to be home soon? Yeah, well, uh, won't be long. Yeah, she'll be okay. home. So I'll be able to talk to her when she gets here? Yeah. And you mentioned something about um, there being somebody by the bed? Yeah, she has woken up many times and said that she talked to a lady at her bed. And she said one time she said she could feel the lady's weight of her arm when she laid her arm across her legs. Okay. And there's the closet where she saw the little girl playing in her clothes. There's like a little dead girl in the closet. Uh, and I think she just wants something bad to happen. Why do you say that they want something bad to happen? Because the little girl just told me that. What did she tell you? Uh, that they want something bad to happen. What does that mean? She just is giggling. Have they tried to make bad things happen? Well, what do they say? That she doesn't like the people who live here. Hi, Salem. Hi. I'm finally able to sit down with Salem, who I'm the most concerned about in this case. She's the only one that's seen any paranormal activity. So I want to dig a little bit deeper to find out what she's seen and what she's heard. Uh, so I was wondering if you can explain some of the things that were going on, if that's okay with you? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Why don't you tell me about uh, what you experienced when you're sleeping at night? There was this lady that came up on my bed, and I was able to feel the pressure. And this happened while you were sleeping? Yeah, I woke, I woke up and saw her, and I talked to her, but I really can't remember what she said. You, you said you felt? Mm-hmm. She was sitting, like, right over here while I was laying down. And you weren't frightened? No. Was, at all? I felt kind of calm. So seeing the apparitions doesn't scare you? No. I, I just find that a little strange, you know, that it mm -hmm. wouldn't scare you. When I was younger, it scared me because I didn't understand. But when I got to, like, seven, I understood, like, wait, the ghosts can't harm you. Only the living can. I mean, I'm a, I'm a retired detective, and I've been in a lot of situations where I get scared, and I can sit here and say that that would scare me. Mm -hmm. Now, you have an interest in uh, World War II? Yeah. My mom started watching movies about Anne Frank. Okay. I wasn't there back then in the 1940 40 to 1945 and 1944 when it happened. Right. And so that's why I got interested in. I started, and I got my, some books and started reading about it. And I also have an interest in the Civil War with the Confederate and Union. I think it's like scary and cool at the same time. See, this is where voices, there's a lot of voices in here. Lots of voices because people are coming and going here. Dead people are coming and going here. And they're walking back and forth and they're walking back and forth and there's a lot of talking <laughs> and it's people can hear it people can hear people talking the living people can hear the dead people talking and they don't want to hear it and so they're like closing it off like no no
police is concerned with their daughter, and quite frankly, so am I. It's time for me to sit down with her husband, John, and find out what he thinks about all this. Now, John, I'm curious about Salem. Uh, she's pretty young, she's nine. Now, she's seen quite a few things. Um, I mean, how do you have concern about that? Oh, yeah, I'm very concerned about that. That's been going on since we bought the house. We need to know, is this something that is good? Is it evil? Is it, what is it? I'd like some answers. And somebody like walks up here, walks up here, right here, right here, and somebody's standing here, and they're trying to talk. Yeah, they're trying to talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are they trying mm-hmm. to tell them? To leave. To leave? Yeah. Why? You need to leave because it's not safe. Why isn't it safe? Uh, I think because so many people died around here. When I walked into the basement, I was struck with the image of death and disease. Bodies were just stacked up all over the room, all the way up to the ceiling. And then I saw this evil man that was torturing this girl. Uh, I get this like kind of like weird, like, like, like he had the black hat and the black jacket and the black slacks and He's doing weird things to this girl. Not even like, man, I'm getting these weird pains that hurt. He might be poking her, and it's over a long period of time. She felt poking it, poking it, didn't hurt. I'm like, really? Because it hurts me. No, Mm -mm. it didn't hurt her. It was like poked, like poking, poking. Doing my usual background investigation on a home, nothing really jumps out at me on this case. The trail goes cold around 1946. That's when Cramington Mills owned this town as well as this house. So I've set up a meeting with a man who literally wrote the book on the history of Cramington. Conducting an investigation actually had a home that's in Cramerton, so I was wondering if you'd give me some background information on the area and uh, some of its history. The area of the, the, the house that you're looking at is in what we called Old Town, which was the original part of town that was built to support the families that lived and worked in the original mill. And I'm trying to figure out if anything bad happened during that time. Well, and there was an earlier uh, plague that came through the area in uh, 1902, 1903, uh, I can't tell you for sure how many people were affected in Cramerton, but most of them died. And there would have been no mortuary, no, no way to keep uh, that many dead bodies. So they lived in a segregated area called a uh, pest house. You know, there's people laying down down here, and 
I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know about that. How many? People, how many people were down here? Quite a few, yes. Quite a few stacked. Ew. Ugh. I don't know what that's about. Ugh. They're like in sacks and uh, sheets. And uh, there's a lot of women. And, uh, and there are uh, children. A lot of children and, and women. And, um, and uh, they got sick. They were sick. And people are like this. And they're all like cold. It's cold and they're sick. And and some of them that don't have shoes and and um, you know and some of them don't don't even have like much clothing on. They don't feel so very well. And um, very um, sad. And um, there's no building. There's just the earth. All of them are dying. After speaking with Larry, he told me that Cramerton was overrun with two epidemics. One in the early 1900s, and another one when the Native Americans inhabited the land over here. So now I'm gonna meet with a local historian. Maybe he could shed some light on Cramerton's history. I'm doing an investigation uh, regarding a home in and around the area of Cramerton. I understand there were two major plagues that happened in the history of this area. Right, and it would severely debilitate the population. I had read somewhere during the research I was doing that there was things called a pest house, and was there a certain area where they would keep people quarantined? The idea of a quarantined area was uh, particularly associated with uh, diseases like um, well, smallpox, and there was disfigurement and scarring, and you know, there was isolation. There's a lot of activity inside the house, but there's even more dead people outside. And I'm being drawn to the edge of the woods that run behind the property. I've never seen anything like it. They're going down. That's really weird. They're just, yeah, they're just going, being sucked right into the earth. And then the other ones are just crawling out, crawling up, standing up, and walking. I, I mean, obviously, I think there's water there. Is that happening now? Like, the people who are coming up, though, they don't look so good. They don't look good at all. Like, initially. Like, when they come up, and then they're like, they're like all, ugh, and they're like crawling. And then they, then they get and they stand up. Can you describe them? Native American. Dr. May, I know that once 
white men settled, they brought a lot of disease with them. Right. So when smallpox did hit the Native American population, what did they do with their dead? They would have used the river as a means of disposal of the, the remains to get it out of the community. They're going down. Mike, into the water. They're just going, people are coming up, walking, people, and then people are walking and they're going down into the earth. Like literally down into the earth. Is there any kind of opening or anything or? I don't know. Are they just kind of wa walking through it? Like, no, suck. it's like they're being sucked into it. Like is there any like, kind of? I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. I feel kind of weird about it. Like it's kind of freaking me out a little bit. There are just a lot of people, dead people, that are just everywhere here. And this man came up and he was trying to touch me and I don't like him. He's not a good person. And I don't know if he's like manipulating himself or what because he's super tall, like abnormal, like long arms and long legs. Like he, it's like, doesn't look really normal to me. It looks really creepy. Um, he looks like a mortician would. I see dead people every day, and it takes a lot to scare me. But this guy scares me. And there's this woman who he keeps prodding her, poking her, cutting her. Digging deeper into the case, I found that they had these places called pest houses that quarantined people that fell sick to typhoid fever and smallpox. In 1902 alone, there were 400 people confined to these pest houses. In a town whose population was 4,000 people at the time, that's a big chunk of the people. Most interesting were the doctors that worked in these pest houses and the measures that they took to prevent themselves from getting infected. The dead man who looked like a mortician really scared me, and I saw him very clearly. So I'm gonna have the sketch artist draw him. So in this situation, it's a little bit different. The reason why it's different is because he is projecting how he wants people to see him, which is not normal. So we're gonna draw the entire person. Is that okay? Okay, that's no problem. What kind of shape of a head? Uh, it's elongated. So the, the thing is, is that he was very thin, like abnormally thin. His eyes were deep set, so his cheekbones were a little bit pronounced. What was he wearing? He had on a long black jacket 
Okay, then you think we're almost there? Yeah. How's that look? So I finally uncovered some real facts about this house. But that doesn't necessarily explain these experiences that Salem's having. She's a nine-year-old kid, and frankly, I'm concerned about her. So I'm going to break the rules a little bit here and ask Amy for help. Amy, listen. This case has got me a little perplexed as far as uh, the kid. What's her name? Her name is Salem. Okay. She's got an incredible infatuation with the dead. Now, she's seen apparitions. She's not afraid of the paranormal whatsoever. I mean, she's pretty adamant about it. I've never seen a nine-year-old so uh, confident in the way she feels. I, I feel like I'm just out of my league with this one. And uh, I think you're better suited to speak with her. I mean, I'm talking to her as a detective talks to a witness. And uh, once she speaks with you, mm -hmm. I think you'll get a better idea of what's going on than I will. You know, myself, like when I was a child and dealing with all of this, I was very fascinated and fixated on death as well. Like, I would see these things on television. Lizzie Borden became obsessed with that, became obsessed with Anne Frank. And you, you have this fear of death because all you know of it is these people wandering around. It's funny you mentioned Anne Frank because she uh, mentioned the same thing to me. Anne Frank specifically? Yeah. Interesting. So, okay. The more you can help with her interview, I think it's going to bring a lot more to the table. So I understand that you've had some unusual experiences. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about a few of those? Like maybe two or three that really stick out in your mind? Well, one time out in my room, mm -hmm. and I saw a little girl playing through my closet. I was about like right here, and she was like right in there. In the in the other room or in the closet? Closet. Okay. Well, playing through my clothes, and it looked like she was like a girl, maybe about seven or eight, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe about a year younger than me. All right. And one time I was sleeping in my bed, but I, but I woke up by feeling, feeling something. It looked like an old woman, and I was able to feel the pressure on the leg. She was touching you? Mm-hmm. Why was she touching you? Because I think I got trouble that day, and I fell asleep crying. So she was comforting you? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. You know, Salem and I are not that different. I started to see the dead at a very young age, too. And hopefully I can help her understand what she's been experiencing. How long have you been kind of seeing the dead? Since we came here. Since you moved here? Yeah. OK, so you never had any experiences before? No, my last house was calm, like it was a brand new house, like a modern house, like nobody was able to die in it yet. Hmm. And so I did want to ask you about the dolls in the house. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you how you feel about having all these dolls. Um, I feel pretty um, all right with it, except they get in your way and they get on your nerves. But mm -hmm. not my mom, though. Mm -hmm. She's like, don't bother them. They're all right. They're, they're not living. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Do you want to move the dolls or? I want to scoot them out and, or stretch out the house. Right, right, yes. So you feel good about the 
the friendly dad. I believe that Jesus and God will be able to protect me. Okay, good. That's very good. So do you have any questions that you'd like to ask or mm -hmm. anything like that? Have you ever seen anything like that you believed was bad or really bad? Yes, I have. It's kind of like the living. There's some bad ones and there's some good ones. Mm -hmm. Have you felt like really, really calm when you've seen a ghost? Like it made you happy to see it? Mm -hmm. Yes. I've had some really good, really good encounters with the dead. Um, you okay? Yeah. Yeah? What's going on? My eyes are watery. Okay. So, yeah, there, there are bad entities and it's good that you know to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. It took me a long time to to learn that, so, mm -hmm. because, yes, that yeah. absolutely works. John, Lisa, it's good to see you again. This is my partner, Amy. Now, the reason we're here is to try to give them a hand with some issues they're having in the house. Normally, I don't meet with Amy until the end of our investigation. In this case, after speaking with Salem, uh, I felt like I was a little bit out of my league. I thought Amy would be better suited to speak with her. She doesn't know what I uncover until the end anyway, um, and I don't know what she sees on her walk. So this is the part where we both find out each other's findings of the investigation and we share them with you. All right. Now, I did a lot of research as far as the house goes. And the house was, is very old. It was built in 1900. There was a mill here years ago. Owner ran the mill and built these homes for the people that worked there. This being one of the homes. But I gotta be honest with you, I didn't come up with anything uh, documentation-wise that brings me any validation to what you've seen here. So I had talked with an historian. Years ago, this was a large Native American uh, area. Wow. So I wanted to know what the Native Americans did with their dead. But he mentioned that if there were so many bodies that they couldn't do anything with them, they would throw them in the water, in the river. They're going down. Mike into the water. They're just going, people are coming up, walking, people, and then people are walking and they're going down into the earth. I, I mean, obviously I think there's water there. Hmm. Like, it's no, it's like they're being sucked into it. Like, is there any like, kind of... I didn't get a positive feeling off of it. Um, I felt very concerned about what the dead were doing and why were they being sucked into the ground? Why were they coming out a mess? So I think that possibly the, the mass disposal of their bodies in the creek may have harmed their souls. On top of everything else, when settlers came here, they brought along their new ways and they also brought along disease smallpox, okay. the flu, stuff like that, so... That's something else I got. You caught that. Right. You know, there's people laying down down here, and I don't know about that. How many? People, how many people were down here? 
quite a few, yes, quite a few stacked. Ew, ugh, I don't know what that's about. Ugh. They're like insects in the sheets. So here's kind of the bad news. Um, there's quite a bit of activity here. Um, there's a lot of dead in the area. So this is the man that I encountered and he does look very strange. This is how he looked when I initially met him. Oh, God. And then I wanted um, them to do just his face. And that's kind of how his face looks. Oh, my God. So he's definitely a menacing person. And he was looking for something. I don't know what it was, though. Well, it's interesting you mention about all that, because back when we were talking about these epidemics, when everybody was dying, they had these homes called these pest houses. Now, what a pest house was, was a location where they brought all the sick. Now, I came across a photo of, it's a doctor that treated these people, like in, let's say, a leper colony. They wouldn't want to get too close to their patients because they were afraid of contamination. This is what they wore. That's weird. These bird masks worn by these pest house doctors were basically like medieval gas masks. So they went and put these long noses on these masks because they thought it would stop the infected air from getting into their systems. And they also wore clothes from head to toe so that their skin wouldn't be exposed to the infected air. I mean, it looks bizarre. I don't know. He would poke them and he was looking for something inside of them. So he would make little cuts and he was looking for something. Now, they did use a tool in order to examine the patients at that time because they didn't want to get too close. So they would prod at the bodies. So oh. I don't know if that all plays into what you saw. Oh my gosh. When I was over there, this man came up and he was trying to touch me. He looks like a mortician. And there's this woman who he keeps prodding her, poking her, cutting her. Oh, gosh, this is so much to take in. Yeah. I feel like all this is from some fiction book that, uh, or a movie. Well, do you believe us now? You know, I tried to tell you something was weird, but you didn't want to listen. Is it going to bother Salem? Yes. When I spoke with Salem and with her interest in death and seeing the dead, is that wanting to have these experiences, you know that saying, be careful what you wish for? And so the dead are going to stay and you want them here. And that want, whether it be consciously or subconsciously, keeps them here. 
And I think they want something bad to happen. Why do you say that they want something bad to happen? Because the little girl just told me that. She doesn't like the people who live here. When I spoke with the little dead girl, she indicated that they were unhappy with the situation. And the situation is that they don't want you guys in the house and that they're plotting. They want you out of the home or they want things to change so that the trapped dead that are here can leave. Why are they trapped? There's too many things. There's too many dolls. There's too much. Dolls were first created um, in order to house the dead or to be vessels for the dead um, because they're human looking, but they're empty inside. So one of the things that crossed my mind was, is it possible that some of them have been trapped inside the dolls? I hope not. So your options are you can clear out the dolls or yeah, you can move. But basically this is just gonna continue to happen. It is uh, it's very scary. What you brought to us tonight, it's very scary. Very scary indeed. I feel horrible. I mean, yeah. this is not what I expected. No. You know, I thought it was just something you could deal with or be taken care of or, mm -hmm. you know, I feel really terrible. I love my dolls. Right. That's, that's, that's part of my, 90% of my life has to do with dolls. Right. And now, you know, I'm like, you know, what should I do? Should I, you know, should I move or should I get rid of the dolls or I don't know. I'm just well, very horrified and I really don't feel well right now. Mm -hmm. And it, it makes me scared for Salem. I don't want her frightened. And, you know, I hate it that whoever they are, that they don't like my dolls. They don't want us in the house. But, you know, I feel like it's my house now, right. you know, and I don't like them going through it. And I don't know if I want to continue living here or not. Um, also, you have the, the fascination with the death and the paranormal, which, you know, they will linger around for that. Well, so far, things aren't that bad, but will it get worse? Oh, yes. I'm horrified. I just, it's just scary. It's creepy and it's not what I expected. Uh, you know, I'll never be comfortable again. Mm -hmm. There are ways to alleviate it. You can't stop it, but you can alleviate it. There's ways to do that. One of them would be to remove as many dolls from the house as possible and then do a thorough cleaning and cleansing of the house, top to bottom. And I can tell you how to do this but you feel that you can take that first step of, of trying to make room and cleansing some of the dolls and, and yeah. the house. I, I would like to until, you know, it can be right. okay for us to move. Right, exactly. So a lot of good may come out of this mm -hmm. in the long run. Mm -hmm. um, and you might have stopped something before it got out of hand. Mm -hmm.
Having to tell a family that their children could be in danger is probably the hardest part of my job. But if the dead want them out, it's my responsibility to tell them. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.